0: hello thanks for listening you are getting double teamed with will and red so will uh on this podcast we're going to talk a little bit about the cardinals um specifically they made a lot of moves around the trade deadline to kind of free up some positions for these young arms to take over Uh, as a pitcher yourself what do you think uh some of these these guys like austin geimer like dakota hudson what are they going to bring to this cardinals organization going forward not only for the rest of this season, but going forward in 2019?
1: Well, what these young pitchers will bring is some um, liveliness out of the bullpen. I think they bring a different sense of chemistry. These, all these young guys seem to be getting along, uh, all coming from Memphis. If you look, uh, Gantt, Weaver, Flaherty, Gomber, Ponce de Leon, Hudson, all these guys played together. In uh the that that continuity in the pitching staff is important. Um as you guys probably know the Cardinals made a lot of moves as you mentioned around the deadline um and I think the pitching isn't a problem. I think where you see the problem is in the defensive end. We have the most errors in the National League. Um So that's where we have the struggle. Um, We traded Tommy Pham. That's someone who was a part of our defense in the outfield and offense. Um, He was struggling a little bit. Uh, They shipped him off, and we got a couple of guys, Genesis Cabrera, Ramirez, and Williams. So um, as Andrew Gurney was asking us on our podcast, our thoughts about that, that was just hours before uh, the deadline, and that was just kind of to clear space. Yeah,
0: so so Tommy Pham, who kind of seemed like, I don't necessarily want to say a fan favorite, but he was one of my favorite players. I really liked the attitude he played with. He played with some spark. So it seems to me like that a guy with that much passion, he'd be liked in the locker room. What do you think was behind the decision to get him out of St. Louis and trip him off to Tampa Bay?
1: Well, the main decision was, hey, we got a guy who could be a potential four hole and why do we not just let him come up? I mean, O'Neal, his defense is impressive.
0: So you think this trade was specifically to free up some space for Tyler O'Neill?
1: No doubt. Uh, and Bader. Like, they, I know they're going to platoon, but – my hot take is Bader and O'Neill should be in the lineup 90% of the games the rest of the year, every single game, both of them. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Why would you continue to play a guy in Dexter Fowler who's repeatedly shown he is one for his last 15. He's two for his last 18. He's being very bad at baseball. It's August 2nd at 11:50 PM. You'll probably be listening to this sometime on a Friday afternoon and he has not been doing well. And so why not just play O'Neal and Bader and Ozuna? Well, who may be hurt, but why don't you just play those guys every game?
0: So I think it's great that you bring up Dexter Fowler right now because me, uh, a great Cardinal fan, but not necessarily I uh, know the X's and O's of baseball. I stopped playing baseball in seventh grade. So why didn't we trade Dexter Fowler? Why did we trade down fam? <coughs> Well, fam? We, are you
1: asking me that question? I am
0: asking
1: you. Well, um, the front office, why didn't we trade him? Why didn't we do this? That's a great question, but I think the reason you don't trade Fowler is because he's getting paid $20 million per year and his value isn't high. So why are you trying to make up all of that money, you're not going to eat that salary. All right? That's just like asking, why don't you trade Ozuna? He's not living up to expectations. Why? Well, the reason you don't do that is because we bought these players high. If we sell them low, it's a lost loss. However, if we play them out, get a little bit of production, maybe get their production higher. I think f- for Ozuna, that's for sure the case. Fowler, I think he really only has a few weeks left, or we might not see him in the lineup again, maybe to pinch hit for after Jack Flaherty goes six innings. I don't see him getting in. If he gets a couple more weeks, I don't even. I wouldn't give him any more weeks. I, I think they're usually late on uh, talent. Um, sometimes it paid off with Matt Carpenter, but obviously you're not going to pull out an almost slugger of the N- NL. He almost won a batting title one year. But a guy like Greg Holland, who literally couldn't get it done for the first two months, they prolonged that for a little, too, a little too long. I think they waited too long to get Dakota Hudson up. I think they're waiting too long with Dexter Fowler.
0: No doubt. I can't necessarily blame them with you know Greg Holland. They invested $14 million in this guy. And there were really no real signs of this sudden decline that, you know, happened. The only thing I think we can learn from this is you're never, ever, ever going to sign a pitcher uh, who will not report to your spring training ever again. So, you know, you live and you learn as far as that goes. But that was just a <laughs> weird situation, I think, and, and one that uh, I think hopefully they'll learn from. And- it's, it
1: was weird because you were the leader, leader in saves. Three hundred and sixty five, less than three hundred and sixty five days ago, and now you can't get a damn out with throwing ninety two miles an hour all over the place. It's weird.
0: It is weird. Um I do like the young pitching. One of the names we have not talked about yet is Jordan Picks. I think that's a that's a name that you're gonna remember. That's a name going forward. Uh that's our closure of the future, guys. Uh we're gonna be great. He, he's just going to be an incredible, this podcast is going off the rails right now because there's cricket walking around. This is absolutely scintillating podcasting. Will is going in with the kill as we speak. He's going for it. He's got his polo, boot cider. He's on his knees. He's climbing. He's climbing. He almost gets it. Sorry. You guys don't want to hear this. I think he killed it. Uh, Speaking, he's speaking back to Jordan Hicks. That's our closer to the future. Will, uh, cockroach killer, what's going on?
1: So, Jordan Hicks, of course he's the closer for the future. I think early on in the season I was a little wary because we were overusing the young buck. He's literally one year older than me. And that's a Mike Matheny specialty, right? Of course, overusing the guys who shouldn't be overused. Um, Of course. Um, so with that, I think of course he's the closer of the future. He throws 105 miles per hour. He has a devastating velocity, a great off-speed when his stuff's working together, and he's he can be lights out. And he's only 21 years old. Uh, the thing that he can, uh, the only thing that is weary is um, just please don't overuse him. Uh, watch the injuries. We kind of have a tendency. To have these young guys injured, one of the best prospects in baseballs right now, not right now not with our team, uh, who got injured once again, and that's Mr. Reyes. So, and who knows what his career can be in store? Another long rehab stint for him. So that's tough. Um, so a lot of guys
0: in our team have value, but um, hopefully we can learn from that. Hopefully we can learn, and you know nobody was questioning it at the time, but with Marco Gonzalez's success right now in uh, Seattle or people may be kicking themselves that the Cardinals should have traded Alex Reyes when his stock was so high and he he's the number one prospect in baseball. He could have potentially been used for Manny Machado. I mean,
1: he, what, they were in talks a lot with Reyes for the, a lot, a lot of people wanted Reyes. But speaking of trades, what about Jose, Jose Martinez? Would you have moved him at this deadline for his
0: value? I think if you, if you could have gotten something that would have enticed you, you definitely would have seen a bat like Jose Martinez go on. But Um, you know, I think maybe potentially the only team that would have been in play for Jose Martinez would have been a team like the Yankees. Jose Martinez is not going to get traded to a team who needed a first baseman or an outfielder. He needed to play DH. And you saw the Yankees go out and get Luke Voigt from St. Louis, who's probably going to have a much lower cost than Jose Martinez, who's batting close to 300 this year with what, around 15, 16 home runs. Just picked up another game-winning hit today. Uh, clearly, Jose Martinez' stock is much higher than Luke Foyt. So I think that's why he's in St. Louis right now.
1: And the Yankees need that because the Yankees win and because Aaron Judge out for a little bit um, getting hit by pitch. So it's tough. Um, a lot of Redbirds fans um, have a lot of these hot takes, but if you break it down, there's much more to it than just – Oh, we should have done this, should have done that. You have to go through John Mosaic. You have to call the other GM. You have to agree on all the logistics. You have to think about the chemistry. You have to think about a lot of things that go into making a trade, change of scenery. I mean, these are humans moving to different cities as well.
0: These are humans. These aren't video game trades. you got to actually do something that the other side wants to do, you have to entice them with something that's actually of substance or else, you know, a trade is never going to get done and guess what your GM reputation amongst other of your colleagues is not going to be that great. So you have to give them offers that are potentially good in nature
1: yeah so we got new acquisitions, and I think it can help out this Cardinals team. We have good prospects coming in, and we haven't even talked about what some young bucks in the rotation yet. michael Waka, you know he's had a great year uh or he had a great beginning to the year. he only has made about probably ten fifteen starts because he got hurt um but michael waka Carlos martinez, guys that are, aren't in the rotation right now. Next spring, it's going to be very interesting. We have about ten guys competing for five spots in the rotation, and I'll name them off for you now: Carlos Martinez, Michael Waka. I wouldn't even say Adam Wainwright, but he's hurt. I don't. He might be done. Ponce de Leon, Gomber, Weaver, Flaherty, Gant. There's going to be a lot of guys coming, Hudson, for this rotation spot. And it's going to be interesting to see who's because, I mean, Dave Gomer and Ponce showed they can pitch. Obviously Flaherty, obviously Michaelis, obviously all these guys. And I'm excited to see because our rotation I am not worried about. I think the best thing to have is this pitching depth. Um, It's where we want to be as an organization.
0: I agree. Um, You can never have too much good young pitching. I just hope they're able to use these pieces correctly and potentially trading them off for trades as well as both bolstering their uh, pretty weak bullpen and building a starting rotation that's going to compete for NL Central titles for a while. So, okay, it's exciting.
1: And um, I just thought of this now, but let's go around the horn for the St. Louis Cardinals. A, a segment we're going to maybe do on this podcast, I don't know if we're going to do it, but I'm going to give you our position. And you, we can. T- um, we're going to talk about each position, and then we'll wrap up kind of our Cardinals podcast with this. Um, going towards, looking towards 2019 and of 2018, the ideal spot for the Cardinals. So I'm going to start with first base.
0: You know what? I I really do love this this um, this question from Will. I think this is a question for a longer podcast because going around the horn. The best hitter in National League baseball right now is Matt Carpenter, and with mm-hmm. Matt Carpenter, that gives you flexibility to put an elite bat at either first base or third, second base or third base. So that also, mm-hmm. in addition to giving you flexibility with him, okay. gives you flexibility as a front office to go out and true. get a, a you know a bunch of different positions potentially in trades or free agency. So. Matt Carpenter's flexibility, I think, is something that it kind of goes under the radar and I think it's really going to help him this offseason.
1: Okay. So you kind of cover multiple positions there. Yeah. Um, No, 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 no. That's good because Matt Carpenter is a guy who's a cornerstone of this team, one of the only guys actually from that 2016 opening day roster. It's only um, Carpenter, Jed Jerko, and Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina. That's pretty Um, good. So active, active people. But speaking of active and inactives, Colton Wong, do you keep him at second base for the ensuing years? Everyone talks about his defensive run saved. Oh, he has the most defensive run saved at second base in baseball. However, if you can't fundamentally hit, or do you keep him out there? Do you not keep him out there? He's a great defensive second baseman. People have been talking about, oh, Mike Schilt, the small ball. Maybe we can win with defense, just get a good defensive shortstop, and we'll have the best defense in the National League. What do you think about that?
0: So, yeah, uh, w- what makes baseball great is that it's a team sport and it's it's an individual unit working – individual pieces of a unit working together to you know accomplish a, a bigger goal. Colton Wong, if he is the lone good defensive entity in that infield with Matt Carpenter, who, who does a serviceable job wherever he plays, but let's be real, he's not winning any gold clubs anytime soon. Paul DeYoung's got a good bat. He is not, he's an okay shortstop. He's not a good shortstop. He's not a great shortstop. And whoever you're throwing at third, whether it's Jed Jerko, whether it's Yairo Munoz, it's nothing to really write home about. When Colton Long's in that lineup, he is suddenly an elite second baseman defensively. And I, I, I think there has to be some level of defense as we've seen the last two, three years. That's been a very big weakness for this organization. So unless they're going to address defensive problems in other places at third and shortstop, I think you got to ride with Colton Wong.
1: Riding with Colton Wong around the horn, obviously Paul DeJong, um Third base is up for airs but looking towards the next season, I think um, obviously you mentioned who can play third. You mentioned some of the names. My biggest spot in the infield is where most of the ground balls are hit at shortstop. I'm not very comfortable with Paul DeYoung playing there for an entire 2019 season. He's been very bad defensively since coming off the DL. And we understand you have not been playing the pace of game of the baseball, but he's, I mean, its it's been a struggle um, with him. So I think looking for a shortstop coming up this offseason may be a big, big idea. Um, or getting an off whole offseason with Okendo, maybe you put Martinez um, in the lineup at first, make Carpenter at third and move stuff around. But you're going to need to do something because Okendo can work with Martinez for an entire offseason.
0: Do you have any ideas at that shortstop position?
1: I don't even I mean I think we need to get someone that's good defensively like an Angelton Simmons comparable type of guy. He doesn't have to be very expensive. We don't need to blow the water out. We don't have to get somebody um we don't even need a Machado, but um I'm saying a realistic move the Cardinals can make. Heading to the outfield, um, this is something that Cardinals fans probably – frustrating because we've had some great outfield prospects. Uh, so we've had some great guys come up, and they're they're really anticipated. Steven Biscotti, Randall Grichick, um, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill. So a lot of these guys um, haven't been – aren't here anymore, are still here. But the guys I think for this year – Tyler O'Neill can be our four-hole opening day next year. I think he's that good. Really? Tyler O'Neill. even if he is, though, you're going to still need to sign somebody but because he, he can't carry your offense alone, just like Matt Carpenter can't do it alone. However, even though he's an player of the month, his first nod, got to plug him there. However, I think that if you have O'Neal, needs to play every day, I think O'Neal, Bader, Ozuna – is that an outfield that can win the NL Central if you play them 162 games in 2019? Is it?
0: If there are no changes made to the infield, I don't think so. But the flip side that we haven't talked about is there are some rumblings that Ozuna isn't healthy.
1: His left toe. He had a left toe injury today.
0: And there's some 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 kind of rumors about the shoulder. That's runners. been
1: an ongoing thing this year, yeah.
0: So um, – you know, maybe if those can get addressed, and he gets right, he gets surgery in the off season. You know, going into next year with Scott Boris as his agent, he's going to want to perform in a contract year. So maybe you do roll with that, and you go after someone big uh, the the off season after that, or at that point, you have Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. I the love stands.
1: them. I lo- I want to play those young guys. You
0: do. I I mean I do too, but.
1: Uh, it's It'll be fun We're ne- going to need to do something Because we always have way too many outfielders no identity right now. Get I'd be fine playing Play the young guys together Don't keep playing Fowler Especially after I think the rest of the year these young guys need to play Because we need to see how they play together It's kind of a tryout I don't think O'Neill has anything else to prove though His think- play discipline Is addressed now um, he's really good at baseball. That's no joke.
0: That is no joke. I mean he's hit what like thirty plus home runs In nine just over ninety plus triple A games. Right. He had nothing more to prove in triple A. He's nothing more to prove in triple A, but um and, and while I'm really high on the guy, while he has nothing left to prove in triple A, we've we've seen before with the Cardinals that these outfielders necessarily don't translate to major league success. I know He that, has
1: so far though.
0: He has so far, but it's early. Small. It's been a small, very, small, it's been a sample. very small sample size. So, yeah, uh, I agree with that. I, I'm just gonna say cautiously optimistic with this situation. Um, I don't want to get my hopes too high because I did with Colby Rasmus and I did with Randall. So, I'm really trying to stay low. And him.
1: you did with Stephen Piscotti.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just can't figure it out. well. Really.
1: But I don't know, man. I I can't not keep my hopes high because that's how good they are. Um, We're wrapping this podcast up because we just went around the horn and talked about the lineup. And if you thought the Cardinals would be sellers at the deadline before the season, well, you were right because we sold some guys. And who bought? The Pirates getting Chris Archer. Among hot topics
0: we'll be talking about. Before you go off that really quick, why would you sell so much for Chris Archer when you had Garrett Cole? I don't understand that. I'm sorry.
1: It, I think it was an ill advised move for the Pirates. They thought they think they're going to make more noise this year. I still think the Cardinals will have a better record at the end of the year than the Pittsburgh Pirates. And that's your hot take coming up from Double Teamed. You're listening to the Redman and Will show. And if you just got double teamed, comment on Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat. We'll leave our Venmo in a comment as well if you want to support the cause. Thank you very much. And we're out for I am Will. And that is Redmond. Thank you.